Coming to you from the Underground Studio, this is the Sipping Social Podcast. My name is Mike Carl. I'm here with my boy and certified bourbon steward, Garrett Turnquist. Yo. We also have our stellar producer on the mic, Johnny. Say what up. What's up? We're here to dive into all aspects of the restaurant industry. We truly love what we do and more so we love talking about it. We're going to pour, sample, review anything you need to know about. Pour yourself a cocktail and join us on this journey. Let's Let's go. go. Let's kick this uh, episode off. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. All right, sweet. Welcome to the Sipping Social Podcast, guys. We're super excited to have you guys join <laughs> and us now today. now my computer's plugged in. Back. <laughs> um, we are remote podcasting again um, with the recent surge in Illinois. And um, uh, one of our compatriots, Garrett, uh, got the, the, the virus and is at home. So he's uh, at the end of his quarantining, but he's, uh, he's joining us for this uh, Zoom uh, podcast and thanks to everybody for joining us. Uh, mainly you, Garrett. Good to see you. You look healthy. Oh, this feels great. I feel great talking to people. This is great. I love it. You look like three hundred and twenty nice. bucks. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good number. I like that. So <laughs> normally this is the part where we would say uh, what's everybody sipping on, but we know Garrett's not drinking because he's getting healthy. But are you sipping on anything, Garrett? Water. Yeah, anything? I got a water. I got, an ap- I got an apple and a bottle of uh, Tylenol and uh, and two liters of water over here. Jaddy, what are you uh, what are you sipping on? Well, uh, desperate times comes desperate measures, so Bush Light out of a can. So you so you're drinking water too, yeah, essentially. Pretty pretty much. Uh, I'm hydrated. hydrated I'm actually hydrating right now. Uh, in honor of Garrett not being able to drink, I'm drinking his favorite beer, uh, Half Acre Tome. We've talked about it on the podcast. It's delicious, delicious, hazy uh, pale ale from Half Acre. But cheers, boys. Cheers. Garrett cheers. to you, water, and John to your bush light. Ah, that's tasty. <clears throat> All right. Um, last episode, let's kind of talk about how Illinois kind of reverted back. Last episode, we talked about how Chicago was moving forward. Um, that was about a month ago that we recorded that. Uh, John, you might be able to correct me on that. But um, everything has gone backwards. Chicago has gone backwards. Western suburbs have gone backwards. All of Illinois has gone back to phase three. Um, so really changing the restaurant industry and the scope of uh, the world that we live in again. Um, but we're just doing the best that we can. Um, it's just a lot different again but we've experienced it before um, like we did a couple months well, ago. Well, I think what's different this time, well, there was two different changes, right? There was an initial sort of lockdown again, but then a week ago there was a, a different lockdown even more. And I feel like people who are fighting for their businesses to stay open um, are staying open and saying, we're just going to stay open. We need people to come in. We need people to like spend money in our, our business or else we're done. Um, and I'm seeing that a lot across all the suburbs, right? I mean, it kind of trickled where at first people were discussing it and people were closing, but then I think the word was spread. I don't know how it was spread, but people started reopening and basically saying, we got to stay open or else we're going to die. Well, there's definitely some legal stuff that was involved. Uh, some restaurants actually went out and got court order um, mm-hmm. 
uh, security uh, protection from the Illinois government, um, but that stuff all got overturned pretty quickly. So then the restaurants that were seating inside against phase three, which is outdoor seating only, um, those restaurants eventually will get, it, it will get caught up to them and they will have to either pay a fine or something will happen. The DuPage County Depth, uh, Health Department is all over it right now. I feel like a week or two ago, nobody was really doing anything, but they're contacting restaurants now that are open, letting them know that they're aware of what they're doing and there will be penalties in the future. Did you get someone coming into your place yet, Mike? Yeah, did you hear, did, where'd you hear this from? So a couple things, uh, the police stopped by and let us know. So just to kind of give everybody the background, um, Burger Social was compliant the first week. Uh, then we realized nobody else in, in town was, was being compliant and we were getting absolutely crushed. So then we opened up uh, inside dining against the mandate, um, but we were still doing the safety stuff um, six feet apart. We weren't belling up to the bar, everybody wearing masks, sanitizing everything, wiping down everything, cleaning the crap out of everything like we always do. So uh, we did that because we felt like we were being as safe as possible and the restaurant industry was the only reason, only thing that got dinged for that. And we just felt that that was really unfair. We also have employees that have to make money and put food on the table. So all these factors led us to opening up for dining inside, which upset some people and rightfully so. Um, but I had a lot of people who complimented us on the fact that we were open, open and trying to make it happen regardless of what was going on around us and still being safe while we were doing it. So after the first couple of days we were open, the police stopped by, told us that they were aware that we were doing it, and they had contacted the DuPage County Health Department. The DuPage County Health Department contacted us, called us, then sent me an email saying that they were aware of what was going on and that when it came time for the penalties to be handed down, whatever they might be, we would be a part of that. So whether it be fines or not renewing licenses or things of that nature. So we were open inside for about a week and a half. Then we realized that for the best entrance and the longevity of the, the company, uh, as far as the burger social goes, uh, it was best that we adhere to the mandate so we could uh, not get penalized as much as possible and still have our jobs in the future. I'm interested in hearing from you, Mike, specifically on, you know, kind of your thoughts on, on small business and, and people trying to stay open and trying to, you know, continue, you know, their business, right. And they're in the livelihood basically. And I know your, your wife is a nurse and, and there's another side of that where she is, you know, basically first on the front lines of all this COVID and she sees how, you know, swamped the hospitals are and everything. But like, how do you feel about, you know, the government mandating, all this on small businesses and, and not being able to give them the choice of, you know, of someone or a family being able to choose whether to go out or not, or, or expose themselves or not. Like, how do you feel about all that? Like, how, what's your perspective? I, I, I'm definitely, I'm, that's a great question, John. I'm definitely torn. Um, okay. I see it every day at home. Great question. Yeah. Great question. I see it every day at home with Kate coming home from the hospital. Um, but I also live in the small business world, not as an owner, but as a general manager of a restaurant for a company that's in that, that category. Um, for me, I get why the government wants to do these things and needs these things to happen. The problem is if you come out and you mandate these things without a plan to support the small businesses moving forward or a way to say that this is what we live in now, this is how, we has to, how, how it has to be for now, and then things will change. But if the government's not gonna support the small businesses, 
you're going to back the owners into a corner. And if they're going to choose between their business and their livelihood and putting food on the table or shutting down for two or three months, it's a pretty easy decision for those owners. Right. You know? Right. Um, now, there, I also think the principles and morals come into play, too. Do we want to do what's good for the common good? Or are we trying to make some money in the short term that might help us out and pay some bills? But how is that going to hurt us in the long term? There's a lot of unknowns, a lot of X factors that you can't account for. And um, I'm a company guy. I love my company. And I know Garrett does, too. And, and we back what our owners uh, tell us to do. Um, and, I'll, and I'll do it whatever they want, you know, but they definitely, I, I like that they have a good moral compass, but they also look out for their, 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 uh, their employees. And I'm glad that I'm not in those rooms making those decisions, those hard decisions that they have to make that affect their employees and the business on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I mean, from my perspective, like I, uh, my, my parents had COVID and, and it hit my dad like super hard. He was in the hospital for five days and getting uh, remdesivir and, placebo antibodies and so I, I i experienced the full effect on someone like in the 70s really getting hit hard by it my own dad right but i still feel like people need to who are healthy need to be able to decide whether or not they want to try to you know expose themselves or not work or not open a business or not they should have that choice. And I, I just totally completely disagree with the way that, well, I, I agree with the way that, you know, that you're, I think you're alluding to Mike is a uh, big government, not being able to, or not putting out a big, you know, push to stop this thing. And there was no basically plan. That's another issue. But as an individual, as an individual, individual company, I still feel like you should be able to make your own choice to stay open or not. And, and if people want to go out and, go grocery shopping, go to a bar, go, you know, wherever, you know, whatever. They should be able to do that. I don't know. I just, it's, it's just a tough thing right now. It's a tough thing to like wrap your head around, like all these different scenarios. Um, I just don't like the shutdown stuff. I really don't. I wouldn't mind the shutdown as much if there was some sort of plan to support the, that small business economy, like Mike was alluding to, like if, if you're going to shut down a whole section of business in your state because of a virus, then to be safer, I think that's a great idea. But if you don't, if there, if by doing that, you're going to lose that entire section of business because they all go out of business, then that, then that's not, I don't think that's a viable option either. But you just think and of, seems, you think of how- what's happening right now in the United States, the state Illinois Senate is on vacation right now. Yeah. I mean, you they're just, shutting you, it. They're shutting stuff down. Yeah. And they're the ones who can pass bills to, for relief funds or to set up some sort of like additional money in our unemployment like we had in um, March, April, and May. Um, I mean, I just think if you shut everything down, people are still interacting with like neighbors and people around them anyways and going to grocery stores. It's like, why are you picking on certain businesses? Um, yeah, they, they should make every grocery store uh, drive up only, right? Or... Yeah, it just can't happen that way, though. Or, you know, curbside pickup. Yeah. Yeah, it it definitely stinks. Um, You know, we we are ramping up our curbside and social. Uh, We got a a wing Wednesday special. We get half off two orders of wings on a Wednesday, which is 
pretty enticing. Uh, every day we're buying a, doing a buy four, get one free cocktail. I think we talked about that uh, in the last episode. Um, so th- we're just trying to do things to encourage people to, to come by for curbside and get as much food and drink as possible. And that's kind of what we're living on right now. Um, it, it, it's not great, but if we all do it, maybe this will go away sooner. And I, John, I understand your point. Um, it, it could be a prerogative thing. Uh, you know, like if you know about it, if you're educated about it, if you're willing to put yourself at risk, then that's, that's up to you. Um, but as a, as a business owner and not even me, but as, as a person who runs a business, you're going to automatically upset a certain amount of people by doing that. If you were to stay open when you're supposed to go back to be in the mandate, you know what I mean? Yeah. So upsetting internally or upsetting customers and people outside Both. in the community. Both. Yeah. Well, think, I mean, because you, you then you're putting then you're putting your employees at risk, and not giving them the choices of whether or not they want to be there, if you're staying open, um, or you know you could be upsetting people who liked your morals, your principles, your moral compass pre-COVID or during COVID until this point where you decided to go against the mandate. So, I get both sides of the coin, man. I want to work. I got to pay yeah. for a wedding, right? Un- I mean, if, you, if you were an employee, couldn't you, like people who didn't want to work, couldn't you release them and give them unemployment? And then once this all goes away, you can bring them back on? Well, there's a, there's a lot of gray area, absolutely. Yeah. But like you can get furloughed. But if I offer you a job and you decline it, that goes away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if it's, like when we called everybody back, if we offered you the job and you said no, we could your unemployment could go away based on that. So it's kind of a catch twenty two, but uh, we're doing the best we can, and we're gonna we're all gonna move forward in the next couple of months. Uh, we all know that twenty twenty one is gonna look a lot different than twenty twenty does. Absolutely, right? man. I remember when I was like twenty years old, and like uh, in twenty years, in nineteen ninety, <laughs> what's that? In two thousand, I'm like twenty twenty, man. That's gonna be like a ridiculous year. Like it's gonna be like flying cars and like all this stuff going on. It's going to be an amazing like 2020 year. And it was like the fucking worst. It's so terrible. <laughs> yeah. Dad, that's awesome. Thinking of you thinking of like back to the future in the future. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, and we, I, get, I honestly, and we get, we get COVID instead of, of that happening. Dude, I can honestly remember like being like in my twenties thinking like, okay, I'm going to be 40 in the year 2020. What, what's going to happen? What am I going to be like? You know, <laughs> I don't know. It's an interesting thing, but whatever. Uh, Here I am, stuck in my basement talking to you turds. Let's talk about the last time the three of us were together. Um, this was a really cool event. Garrett, I'm going to give you the lead on this if you could. Give us the, how we got to be where we were when we met two Wednesdays ago in the event that we, we pulled off based on what you set up. Um, so we, sorry, my internet's coming in and out. So if I, if we F this up, I might switch to my phone. Um, it was a really cool thing. One of our, uh, regular customers, her name is Margaret. She is part, uh, she's a realtor and her thought it should be a good idea for to do something that would help support, um, you, uh, and, and myself and John, and also to support the restaurants a little bit. So we put together, um, an online whiskey tasting cocktail class, I guess, Q&A maybe. I don't, I'm not even sure it was really a class, but it was um, an opportunity for a bunch of people to come in, buy some samples of whiskey from the restaurant, take it home, jump on Zoom, and the three of us got to basically do an hour 
podcast about the three and an instructional how to make cocktails with the three whiskeys. Um, I, I had I had a ton of fun with it, and we had, the the goal was uh, the goal was to sell like somewhere between like fifty and sixty five of them. We ended up selling ninety four. So I think at one point there was over a hundred people on Zoom watching us. Dude, We're close what to hundred. What an awesome event, dude! I was so happy to be a part of it, um, and that was one of the coolest things that we've done as a podcast. You know, talking to all the guests that we've had on. Uh, which has been some special guests and the places we've gone to that might've been the, the, the most fun thing that we've done. It was just seemed like super interactive. Um, the last 15 minutes, we opened it up to questions. So we got to get, get great questions. Um, we were drinking great whiskey. And I think the gal that was running it said that at one point there was 51 viewers at one time on, but most of those were double and triple people. Where right. there was like four or five people at one place, or a couple people at one place, so we definitely had over a hundred viewers at one time during that, which is yeah. When they so dope. when they sent the uh, the the um the screen grab of like what when actually we we actually couldn't see anybody that night. We were kind of set up in an awkward situation where we couldn't hear through our headsets um, or see anybody on the actual Zoom call. And so, like, afterwards, they sent us some screen grabs of, like, the actual event, and you could see that there was, like, two, it was, like, three pages deep of people on the Zoom call. So, you can imagine, like, your Zoom screen, like, and all these, like, you know, tiled people on there, and there was probably, like, I don't know, 25 individual thumbnails per screen. And like you said, Mike, yeah, it was, like, if I knew that, though, going into that, how many people were on the call, I've been way more nervous. So, I'm actually kind of <laughs> glad that I didn't really, like, know, like, what was you know, how many people were like actually listening to us live. Um, but it's interesting seeing the footage and seeing how many people and seeing the reactions to what we were talking about, you know, seeing them smile or seeing them like nod and like an understanding of what we're talking about, like and appreciating what we're talking about. It was an, it was a really cool experience. Like looking back on it yeah, for sure. It Here, would. Is there something, is, is that something we could do like that we could Any set up? Anytime anyone wants to do that, we, let's do it. So I'm, this is what I'm thinking. We should set something up in mid-January right now. Start getting some people signed up, run it through the social and maze, and get our listeners involved too. We could easily have 50 to 100 people. Yeah. Yeah, we, it was cool, man. Like we had, we had two different cameras set up too. So like you could see like us behind the bar. Uh, all three of us, we, and then we had let's a, do a, a live. Let's do a live whiskey tasting. Uh, a whiskey. It was called like a beer and a beer and a, a social sipping social podcast presents a beer and a bump, where uh, everyone gets a two ounce sample of whiskey and a, and a can of beer, and we and we talk about them on on all together with with anyone who wants to jump on the Zoom call with us. I am totally down with that, dude. I think that it would be super fun. Yeah. Yeah, everybody. Johnny, down with everybody, we get a, a vial of uh, Rumplemints, and then we'll uh, taste Coors Light. Well, they get a, they get a, a six pack of Coors Light. That's a true beer and a bump. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's your six pack of Coors Light. Here's your bottle of Rumplemints. Yeah, man. Thanks for the twenty five bucks. Do you know where beer and a bump yeah. came from? It came from a ski <laughs> resort out west, Winter Park. They actually had that listed as like one of their specials, a beer and a bump. It was a shot of Rumplemints really? and a Coors Light. Yeah. How so do you think that that's actually where a beer and a bump came from? What's that? 
you think that that's actually where a beer and a bump came from? Because a beer and a bump is a uh, usually thinking of cocaine. No, no, no bump. Yeah. Bump is bumps, like mogul bumps. That's what they're mm. talking about. Yeah. What's where does the beer come from? The beer. What the <laughs> what? So like like so like the the beer and the bump. The bump is the mogul run. Yeah, the Coor, beer is, is Coors the beer. Light and. Yeah, and oh. mogul mogul bumps are like hard, like they're hard to traverse. So like ah. the rumplements is the hard part. Yeah, you t- so you're t- I haven't done a lot of skiing in my lifetime. Yeah, no, that's yeah, yeah. it was like a ski town thing. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, let's let's uh, let's or plan we, to do. Or, or we sip- could do Coors Light and a, and, and a bump no, of coke. <laughs> <laughs> we could switch it up. <laughs> Nice, nice. So let's 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 start planning for January. Let's get a bunch of people involved. We'll do a Zoom thing. We can set it up exactly like we did before, and it'll be a lot of fun. Two ounces of rumplemans, two ounces of whiskey, and a can of beer. Perfect. Half acre daisy cutter. Half acre or face? Maybe we could face three in on it. Oh, there you go. We fed those guys on. We know them. Uh, yeah. Garrett, the last time we got together, um, the last podcast we recorded for the podcast, at the last time we got together. John was super intrigued by the difference between oh, the toasted, toasted barrel. barrel and the charred barrel staves. Okay, the, yeah. the difference. So, have, have you acquired us a toasted barrel stave yet? I've not acquired it, but I know where it is and I know how to get it. Perfect. Um, so that's going well. Yeah. So, uh, had I not been in this room for a week straight, I would have gotten it. Um, so, sometime before Christmas, I'll get one. Perfect. You have to we'll, schmooze. We'll talk about- you have to schmooze in person. Yeah, I found, uh, I went to a, a, one of our distributors' warehouses uh, last week um, to pick up an empty barrel, and I, and I asked the question, and he, he peeked me around the corner, and there was a, like a 60-foot wall the entire length of the, um, the entire length of the, uh, the warehouse just filled with empty barrels. So um, he told me there's a couple in there that are that are toasted, and he knows where they are. And we'll, so next time I come out, I would have grabbed it then. I just didn't have any room in my car. I already pulled four barrels. So the uh, um, <laughs> the uh, so I'll go back and get, I'll go back and pick one up. I didn't have room for it, so I'll get you a toasted stave. We'll get a whole toasted barrel, to be honest with you. Cool. All this uh, whiskey talk. I think I'm ready to move on and try some of these beers and whiskeys we're going to review today. Nice. Right. Uh, but, all right. So before we do that, real quick, yep. Garrett, um, remember the dude that we met at Crystal Lake that was opening up his new brewery in uh, Woodstock? Yeah, he was like one of their old brewers, right? He was one of their head brewers. He was only there no, for no, no, part of the day. Lake. Yeah, he was one of Crystal Lake's head brewers. Yeah. he yeah. was only there for part of the day while we were brewing with them, and he was there like just hanging out. In yeah. The, and during that time, when we we got to meet him, he said he was opening his own brewery. Well, he finally did that. It's in Woodstock. It's called Kishwaukee Brewing Company. Damn. Tough time to open a brewery, but it looks like <laughs> it, it looks like they're like moving forward and doing well and selling beer. Have you tried any of it yet? No, it's it's in it's also a tough time to go to a new brewery. I can't um, imagine opening anything right now. Jeez, <laughs> exactly. That's brutal. But I followed them on Instagram. They're fairly they're fairly active on Instagram. Their beer looks good based on the pictures, and they can pour full beers with the nice right amount of head uh, instead of like half beers that like all the foam's gone down, which I've seen some breweries do. So, Ooh. so their 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 artwork or their their photographer knows what they're doing when working with the beer, and the beer looks good. So that's that's something. 
are they um, are they distributing yet, or is it just straight out only out of the tap house? It's only out of the tap house right now. Okay. So it's it's all small batch. Um, I think that they are really focusing on beer aged in wine barrels, hmm. which is unique. What town is it in? Woodstock. Check it out, Kishwaukee. I think that's pretty. I think it's pretty close to the um, to the Rick House that I was at. Nice. We uh, will uh, next time we talk to the Crystal Lake guys, we'll see if they have any contact with them and then see if we can get a growler or something. Oh yeah, it's not that close. So Johnny, I know you're I know you're getting thirsty, but but we got to talk about what's going on with the Yeef right now. Okay, and then we'll pour these beers. All right, do you have do you have more Bush Light you can have? Uh. You know what? I'm good. Was it, the, was it the last can? No. I got like 20 more. Or, I mean, I think like okay. 40 came in the pack. I think okay, I mean, we can, we, can, we can move on to the beers if you want, but I think we should talk about, real quick, we should talk about Yeef and some Christmas gifts for whiskey for people who might not drink whiskey coming up. But yeah. are, we, are we doing that later? Yeah, let's do it. I thought we were doing the, the, the gifts after the, the, the whiskey pour. All right, perfect. Let's talk about Yeef. Or am I wrong? No, no, you're right. Well, because we just got it on the same thing. We got it on Pappy B-Tag Drop and then Christmas gift ideas. Maybe you should Why don't just we talk go, to, about a- go to bed, Garrett. <laughs> He's, he looks good. He looks healthy. <laughs> I think I think we talk about the Yeef, the Christmas gifts, and then we pour some beer. Okay. All right. So uh, the Yeef for this year, for right now, yearly industry ebb and flow, going backwards right now. Dealing with all the differences for us at social. We got our rooftop patio. It's heated. We do have the windows open. Uh, dealing with some of the customers that aren't happy with that, not great. Um, there's a lot of a lot of long looks and, and sighs underneath those masks. A lot of sad eyes coming into social when they find out we're not seating inside. The thing with masks, man, is like you can't read people <laughs> you don't even know what people look like no. dude. i have employees did has, we lose garrett has anybody ever asked you like uh i don't know what you look like can you just take your mask down for a second no i have to ask people that when they come to the bar to get a drink i'm like can you take your mask down for a second so i don't have to card you and then <laughs> take the mask down i'm like okay you're good yeah like just for like just do one of these you know what i mean yeah um otherwise i'm literally gonna card everybody because i have no idea who you are Right. So, Garrett, are we losing you? You good over there? Yeah, I missed most of that, but I got the mask part coming down for being 21. Yeah, the um, I get more, a lot of people who, like, my favorite is when they walk in the door and then they rip the mask off. Like, oh. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm finally, in, I'm fi- I'm finally inside where I don't need it, but really you actually do need it. <laughs> That's the yeah. one place you do need it. <laughs> take the mask off. Or oh, the, welcome and, to the, the Burger and, Social. We're going to take you to your table. Oh, thank God. No, 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 no. Or, Put that back on, buddy. Put that back on. Or they would sit down and be like, do I need to have this on? You know, like, I guess not anymore, right? We've already, you're already screwed me up. So. Yep, yep. I already established you don't want to wear it. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's uh, what's up with your B, your Pappy and your B-Tac drop, Garrett? It all came out last week. Um, should it, independence, it was, I guess every year they say it's a low yield. Uh, I think that's just to curb uh, expectations of anyone thinking they're going to actually get one of these. Um, the it looks like Benny's is 
is slowly releasing all of their stuff. So um, most of it should have um, gotten into the hands of its rightful rightful owners uh, sometime between Wednesday and Friday last week. And then um, a lot of the independents, um, if you're if you are wondering if you're going to find it an independent liquor store, um, if you're if you haven't found it yet, the answer is no. Um, if you think about like the if 100% of the BTAC and Pappy showed up in Illinois, Binnie's probably took 30% of that. The restaurants probably took 50% of it, and then the independents took 20%. So um, the you still I know that I know the places that you can find it right now, but you're going to be paying probably 25 to 30 percent more than the secondary value of any of these products. But that does mean that restaurants have them. So if you're looking for a pour, something that you've always wanted to try, now's the time to go grab one, uh, sit on the patio and drink it. Or um, I know Maze Social should be too. I think right. You guys are doing uh, doing uh, whiskey to go, like pours of whiskey oh, to go. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, it's not going to come in the, your fancy bottle or the the glass of the bar if you don't want to, but you can always bring some home and show your friends that you just bought two ounces of, you know, William Ruella or Pappy Twenty Three. These are all the whiskeys that we go gaga over the Pappy Van Winkle line. There's the ten, the twelve, the thirteen, the fifteen, the twenty, and the twenty three year. And then there's the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection. It's like the five Godfathers of whiskey. Uh, we could talk about these all day. We love them. Come by Maze, come by Social. They're definitely the cheapest pours at Maze and Social in the Western suburbs that I've seen. They're expensive, but they're worth only it. Big, only Big Star is cheaper than us, I think. It's the only place I, I know that, that, that runs cheaper than we do. God, I'd love to go to Big Star. I love that place. <laughs> that place is pretty great. All right, so did we have enough time to think about what gifts we would, what whiskey bottle we would gift to our uncle who doesn't drink whiskey? This is the theme of this this little segment here. Your uncle who, who doesn't drink whiskey or likes whiskey. <laughs> likes whiskey. Let's do that. Your yeah. uncle who likes whiskey, you want to gift him a new bottle. Yeah. Um, something that's fairly available, not crazy expensive. Garrett, what do you got? Um, I'm going uh, either Mictor Sour Mash. I think that's a really cool bottle. And I think it's really About smooth. And it's, it's pretty hard to pretty hard not to like that one. Um, and then if I'm going, uh, and then if I want to like switch it up, I'm gonna I'm looking for a, a Russell's Reserve single barrel. Ooh, nice! Two great choices. I like both those. Johnny, what what do you got? Uh, so all my uncles are pretty old. So anything off the floor, first shelf, second shelf, maybe third shelf is where you probably want to start. Uh, so third shelf on to fourth or fifth shelf at the store, you probably could find a good uh, something like Wyoming whiskey. It's 88 proof. Um, that's always a good sipper. Uh, I definitely like the Breckenridge Port. Um, that's out of Breckenridge, obviously, Colorado. And then Old Elk is something that I've come across more recently that I've really enjoyed. That's about 40 bucks a bottle. Actually, all those bottles are about 40 bucks a bottle. Um, Definitely those yeah, that old elk is that old elk is relatively new, and I think a lot of people, um, if they are, if they're not actively hunting whiskey, probably haven't tried it. This guy named Greg Metz used to be the master blender at MGP, started his own distilleries, and he sourced a lot of that stuff from there. So he knew where all those good barrels came from. Great choice for an old elk as a gift. Nice, nice. Um, for myself, 
this one's not readily available, but right now you can find it. I'm going to piggyback our last podcast and uh, the Elijah Craig Toasted Barrel. Oh, boy. Unbelievable. Love. I'll be your, I'll be your uncle. You'll be my uncle? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, love that whiskey. If I could get a, if I could get a bottle of that, that would be what I would be um, really super excited about. But then, if I wasn't able to get that, um, something else that Gary just kind of introduced to me that I've been putting in my old fashions lately is the Michter's Single Barrel Rye. That stuff is delicious. I'm not going to say that it's better than my Sazerac Rye old fashioned that I've drank for the last three years, but it's quickly encroaching upon that level of how much I like it. It is smooth. The pepper's in there. It's got great flavor. Dynamite, nice. dynamite whiskey. Nice. So there you go. You got, you got some good options for uh, gifting whiskey to your uncle who loves whiskey. And feel free to buy one of those bottles from your local bar or restaurant instead of going to Benny's. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of restaurants, uh, actually all restaurants in Illinois right now have off-premise li- liquor license. So that means you can get... Uh, Beer, you should be able to get beer if they have growlers. You should be able to get four packs of cans, bottles of wine, cocktails that are pre made that are resealed, um, bottles of whiskey. Definitely support local. We don't talk about that, we do talk about that a lot, but so support local, especially now when we're starting to get into some lean, lean times. John, are you thirsty? I'm freaking thirsty, man. Perfect. Did you bring <laughs> you have a bottle opener handy? Um, will you grab those moose nuts off the wall? Yes, I will. <laughs> So the the all right. So in in Gary and I apologize. You don't get to be a part of this, but we're going to save you a bottle for when you do get to drink next week when we're doing this again. All right, all good. In the spirit of my my new beer journey, uh, we're trying something way out in left field. All right, this is Rodenbach's Flanders Red Ale Grand Cru, aged in oak foders. F O E D E R S is what it says on the front which is just oak barrels. But Foders is apparently a word for a barrel, Gary. Did you know this? I did not. It sounds so, like your oh, coffee. <laughs> right, exactly. It, it does sound like that, but it's Foders. Part of drinking beer. Folders in, in a barrel. Cup. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just rinse this glass out with a little bit of water because this is going to be the second Flanders Red Ale I've ever had in my lifetime. All right, John, are you ready for some stats on this beer? Yep. This is going to be way outside in left field for you, all right? I'm opening so, with my Rue Balls bottle opener. The, we'll oh, yeah, the kangaroo balls. We'll post a pick. All right, so this is aged in oak barrels for two years. It's crafted and, bre- and brewed in Belgium, Garrett. This is legit. Ooh. All right, this is legit. Um, the back of the bottle says it's a Flemish red-brown ale that owes its fresh and sour taste and complex fruitiness to lengthy partial maturation in a wood wooden oak casks. All right, 6% ABV, so it's a sour ale, but this is like old-world brewing, two years in the oak fodder. Here we go. I'm gonna, I don't know if you can get any sound effects. Nice, dude. I poured it in a special glass. I have like a 19, probably 70s little mm. like pint glass. Nice, John. Um, that looks good. Yeah. Take a picture of that with your rue balls. Mm. All right. So when I, when I, when I, the beginning part of that, you said it said it's Flemmy. That doesn't sound good. Flemish. 
Flemish. Flemish. A Flemish red brown ale. I, I think Flemish is a people. It's tart. So I didn't think it was going to be this color. Smells smells fruity. It smells like a fruit roll up. It does smell. Like, it tastes like a fruit roll up, with like a little <laughs> bit of like, like a like a booze punch in the back of your mouth right here. Yeah, that's not bad. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's it's honestly better than I thought it was going to be. And and I'm used to pouring these beers out for like three people. I just realized I just poured a whole pint of this beer that I'm probably not going to drink all of it, but now, now I feel like I have to. Now, if you didn't tell me that this is something that you left in my house, I would have thought that somebody from the 1950s left this like weird ass, like poorly designed <laughs> bottle in my fridge. Cause it's like, it's so bland looking. It's just like this gray, you know, band, it, uh, you know, it, label it looks, on it. And then yeah, it looks, it looks, it looks European. Like it looks like a European, it looks super um, old, kind of sour personality type of beer, which is kind of what it is. But um, I'm I'm liking it more than I thought I would. It's, I'm getting a lot of cherry in there. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like the Manhattan of a beer. There you go, Johnny. Is that right? Maybe, is that that'd be a, it, it, This has definitely got some tartness that Manhattans don't have. Um, it being a sour, you're definitely feeling it in the back of my, on the sides of my mouth. But um, it's, I, this is probably one of the smoother sours I've had that I've that I've enjoyed. Most sours yeah. I drink, I don't like. What do you think, Eric? If you love sours, no. I mean, if you said this is like the not the. I I hate sours. So if this is like the lightest sour, you're Garrett's already like, I'm, I'm glad that I love this beer. Garrett's, I love this beer. I'm glad that I've got COVID. And I can't have beer. Oh, I, 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 I promise. I we we I promise you we we got a couple of bottles we'll save you some all right I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna live chug that entire bottle and put it on our on our Instagram and Facebook <laughs> on Tuesday the second honestly Mike I, um, I, I've never heard of this before in my entire life and I don't know how yeah. you heard of this before in your entire life but it's actually not bad man. It's no, really it's, not bad. It's good. It's yeah. it's really refreshing, and I, um, I am pleasantly surprised. Now, uh, for this, I don't think I would I would buy a four pack. What I would do is, mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't buy a four pack for my house. I would buy a four pack of this to take to a party for people who've never had this before, and say have have a half a glass of this, expand your beer knowledge. Um, it's definitely unique and way outside of anything that I normally drink. So uh, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Do you think this is a good, like, uh, I don't want to say dessert beer, but like something you could have, yeah. like after Thanksgiving dinner? Oh, totally. Kind of amplify like the cranberry sauce and the turkey and the... 100%, John. Right. And it's it's light, it's on the lighter side. It's 6%. It's not, like that, the mouthfeel is not overly filling. Yeah. It's a nice, smooth mouthfeel. I think this is paired with like even ice cream. Like if you were having like a vanilla ice cream, um, that would be delicious with this, you know? Yeah, I'm digging this, man. I give it a seven. Seven two five. Nice. There it is. We haven't we haven't heard the two five in a while. <laughs> well, Garrett, I'm I'm sorry you can't try it, but we we no, will gift you one of these bottles and the next time we get the, you're, 
the next time we when next week when we record, you know you're gonna have to make up for the non drinking tonight, right? Oh, I can't wait. You're gonna be wasted. <laughs> yeah, so I mean whatever. <laughs> perfect, perfect. So Rodenbox Grand Crew Flanders Red Ale. You wanna expand your beer palette, your knowledge of beer. This is old world. Check it out. Uh, I think I got this four pack at Binnie's for ten bucks. Not expensive, but I do know that That's there's great. a lot of yeah, um, I, I should I should have double checked it, but I don't think it was expensive, and I know that a lot of effort goes into this because they age it for two years, so they have to monitor it and make sure that it's doing what it's supposed to, uh, as anything in Oak has to be monitored. So, so you were at Benny's and like, how did you like pick? So this when to I buy? took that, so when I took that that certified beer server exam, yeah, and we talked about this. Literally eight of the 12 questions I missed were all about stuff like this that I never even heard of. Mm -hmm. There was a question about Flanders Red Ale. I had never had a Flanders Red Ale, so I didn't, I got it wrong. Um, so that inspired me and you actually have another bottle at your house that we're, that one we're going to drink the next time we're together is a uh, Trappist Ale made by monks. That's old world as well. Is that the bomber? Yeah. Okay. So that that's going to be a lot different too, and that's going to be on the other end of the spectrum. That's gone. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It wasn't a bottle. It, it wasn't a bottle of Rumplemints. I know it's still there. <laughs> yeah. You know your beer is safe right here. here. You know he's going to mistake in it. You know your beer yeah, is safe yeah. here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But that'll be on the other end of the spectrum uh, of this. You know, this is an ale, but that this is sour. The other one's going to be much more bread-like. Belgium style brewing, literally been making that beer that way for like 400 years. So uh, that's a Trappist Monk Ale. Uh, we'll, next time we are physically together, we will drink that together. But cheers to uh, Rodenbach out of Belgium. Thanks for making a good sour. Yeah, cheers. It's good. How do you think that's going to go with the whiskey we're about to have? I don't know. I'll try the whiskey first, then maybe a mix of it. I don't know. We'll see. Dump them together. Just dump the whiskey into the glass. All right. So I, I I see Garrett's face on the screen. He is so tortured by this conversation. I am so sorry, dude. I, it's, I about to get way, I, it's about to get way worse for you. I feel like I'm on, I'm the DD of a party that but doesn't but never actually got to go to the party. <laughs> I get to hang so out with my friends who are drinking, but I, I get to hang out with my friends who are drinking, but like I didn't get to like mingle with anybody here. <laughs> You're the, de you're, the, you're the designated listener. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you can actually chime in on this because the, one of the reasons why we picked this old Bardstown, uh, Kentucky straight bourbon, it is a distillery release only in Kentucky. So you do have to go to the distillery to get it, but Garrett, this is what you drank on the last podcast, yeah. which you had not had before. So hopefully you can draw upon your experience in your memories of this hopefully delicious bourbon and, and you can talk about it. Okay. So we got to give a shout out to John's neighbor and our number one super fan. I don't know if he's our number one super fan. There's a, there's a couple, I got to stop saying number one to one of our super fans. How about that? The fact that we have multiple super fans is fantastic. Reoccurring super fan. That's right. So our super fan, Mark, who is John's neighbor. Great dude. Love hanging out with him. Um, he brought this bottle back from Kentucky for me because he's a nice guy. So John and I had talked about how we had tried this at Neon Wilderness in the city for my birthday. 
Um, the owner had pulled it off the back bar, actually from underneath the shelf on the back bar that was hidden because he didn't keep it back there. Uh, he just shared it with like good guests and, and his buddies that came in there. So this is a uh, hundred proof, uh, 50% ABV. And I like that it's a pretty kind of old school looking bottle. And the, there's a, there's a great looking, um, there's a great picture of like a horse in the front and all the, the lettering is like really old school Western looking. So I just like the look of the bottle and it is bottled and bond, which means what Garrett? Oh, I mean that it's made at the distillery and aged at the distillery for minimum of four years and bottled at a hundred proof. So how's that? Under, how is this compared to like the original one that we had? The, the original Old Barstown that's like sixteen, seventeen bucks a bottle, and then the, we have this bottle and bond that's from you can only find in Kentucky. That, that one we had that was ninety is was is younger. Not it's not aged for four full years, and it's only ninety proof. So that's the difference. Is just aged younger and then just ninety proof. Over 100 proof? Yeah. So why wouldn't, they, why, wouldn't they why wouldn't they distribute the bottle and bond like they do the other one? Um, I'm glad you asked that question. Yeah. So um, Willet was uh, a brand that's been around for a really long time. And then in the 70s, it during the 70s energy crisis, um, they stopped producing bourbon, but they had enough stock to continue putting out product uh, throughout the, into the 80s. Um, then they, then they rebranded and became KBD, uh, Kentucky Bourbon Distillers, and then they started sourcing everything from Heaven Hill. So um, what this product is, um, so it used to be distributed um, when they were sourcing it from Heaven Hill, they had a plethora of their own stuff. And so up until 2012 was when we started um, producing their own product again. Um, this is the, one of the very early beginning barrels or the beginning products of their own product, of their own, sorry, their own bottles of their own product. So um, because there's not a ton of it, so they're still, you know, getting their, their feet off the ground a little bit. Nothing is older than four years and there's not enough to make of this old Bardstown bottles and bond to distribute so it's just a limited quantity issue. So you, you're thinking in the future that this might become more available like in, in it's, states it's outside possible. of... Yeah. It's possible. I mean, I would... I doubt it just because the people aren't exactly like lining up out the door to buy the 90 or the 86 proof. Um, if people aren't necessarily lining up out the door to buy the Will at Pottsville Bourbon either. So... Um, do, you, do you think they're like testing the waters with the original old Bardstown, not the ball and bond, but the one that you can get for like cheap, like 15, 16, 17 bucks? The 12, the $15 one? Yeah, I don't test, know. Testing, I mean, testing, testing the waters in the market outside of their area with they that have, and maybe push out. They somewhere. have a bunch of other products out on the shelf that you could buy at any moment, like Johnny Drum or uh, old Bardstown Estate or Rowan's Creek. And what's the other one? Noah's, Noah's Mill. Noah's Mill, yeah. So, um, I just don't think that – I don't know if there's a need for a, a seventh bourbon from them. But um, I, I'll tell you what. Th this is really, really good. That I didn't try it at your place, Johnny. The last time I tried it, it was at the Neon Wilderness. I, I was hammered I know Garrett, when that was going on. Garrett, Garrett popped my cherry on this bottle. 
Garrett he opened okay. it. Last time he was over, can I pop open this brand new bottle of Ballon Bond? <laughs> of course, I'll say sure. Um, I'm. What's unique about this is I'm getting like a like a toasted pecan flavor in this bourbon that I don't think I've gotten before. I'm almost thinking like a Peking, pe- uh, what is that? The, the pecan praline like dish. Um, that's almost what I, this is like drawing me to. It is super smooth for a hundred proof. It's very nutty. I, I it's, it is very, it's, it's very like, nutty. Like cashews, like fresh cracked cashews. Yeah. Uh, I, pecans, whether pecans, yeah. whether pecans or roasted walnuts or whatever, uh, roasted almonds. This is super nutty, but it's got a really good, smooth flavor. And the, the afterbite is like nothing. Mm-hmm. There's like, there's like nothing in the back end. It's beautiful. Well, I'm still getting a little bit of that uh, Rodenbach sour ale in the back end, um, but I think this uh, bottle and bond Old Bardstown is definitely a, a, something you want to get. You know, if you're ever in the when area. you go to when you go to the distillery, yeah, in, in Kentucky, where's where's Willard Garrett? Is that outside of Louisville? Yeah, just in its own little. You know, his makers is out in the middle of nowhere. Kind of yeah. same idea, but but not too far outside of Louisville, only like 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, they're all within 20, 30 minutes of each other. Um, it, didn't, it didn't seem like that when we were driving to Maker's Market and I was extremely hungover. I felt like about a two-hour drive. I just had I'm a quick... Pretty th- sure, I'm pretty sure Will, 20, 30 minutes on the other end of... Um, did we drive? We didn't drive past it. I thought it was on the other end of... Uh, we drove past the exit. Yeah. Yeah, on the way home. to Maker's, yeah. So I've never been down to... Uh, you want some quick stats on this? What's it's, that? It's uh, 72% corn, 13% rye, and 15% malted barley. Um, and the website says the nose you should get molasses, caramel, mint, and cherry cough syrup. Which actually probably doesn't sound like it's so bad to go along with that beer you guys just tried. Um, did you say cloves, Mike? I didn't. I did not say cloves. I said. I just said everything toasted like nuts. Yeah, cinnamon, dash of pepper. Yeah. You nailed it pretty good on the heart on the head for the for the finish one. Anyway, continue. Well, no. What was the read the last part of that? What did it say? Uh, it says that you should have um, caramel, butterscotch, oak. Uh, Clove, cinnamon, dash of pepper. Um, so I think those are all good. Th- I think you add a couple of those together, they equal nuts. Yeah. <clears throat> awesome. Our uh, whiskey palette's becoming refined over here, thanks to you, Garrett. We appreciate yeah. that. Did you a lot of practice on your part. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't, don't tell my fiance. <laughs> I'm going to go back to the road and back and see how that tastes now. So what I was going to ask you guys, I've never been down to that area before. If you were, oh. if you were someone who um, who's an entrepreneur and wanted to uh, buy a bunch of e-bikes, could you have a company that supplies e-bikes to people who want to ride e-bikes to different distilleries in that area? Or are they too far away to like even do anything like that? Yeah, no. I mean, it, it, maybe maybe within like downtown Louisville. But, or Lexington, but at that point Lexington. you're just getting yeah, the Lexington, storefront. There's right? only like, there's only like three or four. No, but man, you can still go in them. Yeah, 
mean, usually you just got to lock up your e-bikes together. But uh, other than that, I mean, it's we're talking like 30-minute drives. Oh, There's yeah. like party buses you can take. Yeah, never mind. But, and, when, and when you're driving, you can still only hit like three or four a day before you run out of time. Well, John, for sure when things get back to normal, the three of us and the wives and the, and the kids, we're going down to Louisville. 100%. Absolutely. We're going, we're going down there three or four days, hit up whatever distilleries we can. And honestly, it would be cool to start an e-bike company in Louisville, but they already have the electrical scooters. So they got the limes and the, what's the other ones? The birds? Something like that. So they get the limes and the birds. So like you literally, if you, have you ever been on those electric scooters, John, where you just like hook up and like zip across town? No. Oh, you would, the best. you would absolutely love it. Oh, uh, my yeah. gosh. It's amazing. We literally like checked in to our hotel, walked a block and a half away to a charging station, grabbed five limes is what they're called. Zipped 20 minutes to Michter's, cruising through the streets, jumping curbs, racking ourselves while we were falling over. Except I did because I'd never done it before. Um, it was fantastic. <laughs> and then you just park it right outside of the distillery, go in, hang out, come back out. There they are. Boom. Yeah, we, off to the I next one. I was, on a different, I, were, I was on a different scooter, but enough people were around that it didn't really matter. Like, no. Yeah. I, I wasn't using the exact same scooter I used before, but it was fantastic. I don't think a lot of the people who live in downtown Louisville like the scooters. No, they hate it. Yeah. But the tourists, a.k.a. Tourists, for sure. Us, yeah. Love it. I may or may Actually, not have taken us through a pretty shady neighborhood with us in the middle of the night. Yeah, we ain't, we ain't, no, because remember, they, they, they shut off at 9 o'clock, but we took them out to dinner. Yeah. So we had this like half-hour like ride to dinner, which we should have Ubered to. But Garrett decided, no, we're going to jump on the limes. Let's go halfway across town. 30 minutes later, we we went through, like, two neighborhoods that I don't think that those limes are supposed to go through. <laughs> You're not supposed to be just, like, cruising through and uh, hanging out on those things because they have a good time. What is that? What is that kid? Hey, yo, let me ride your scooter. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> All right. Let's... Uh... Should we wrap this up? I think we're at like an yeah. hour. We're at an hour? Yeah. Hour recording? Yeah. All right, cool. Well, uh, everybody that joined us today, thank you so much again for listening. Uh, we really appreciate your support. Um, support all the local places that you like to uh, eat out at and uh, drink at these days. Uh, I don't care what those places are. You know, help out the places that you love. Uh, buy some gift cards, do curbside. Even if it's once a week, it's going to help out these places. Um I love the fact that we get to come together and commune like this. Garrett, I apologize you didn't get to drink with us this time, but I know you're going to make up for it next time. For sure. Big time. I'm just glad to, just glad to be here. All right, sweet. Any last words, Johnny? No, man. Gary, you got any last words? No, thanks so much. I appreciate everyone paying attention. Awesome. Be good to everybody. Be good to each other and be good to everybody else, all right? We'll, uh, we'll see you guys uh, the next time we get together, and hopefully that's soon, all right? Talk to you. Cheers. Later. Peace. Cheers. First of all, we'd like to thank all of our listeners, families, and friends that support us throughout this. We couldn't do this without you. Subscribe to us on iTunes and check out exclusive content at our website, SippingSocialPodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook. If you like this podcast, tell your friends about us. 
A huge thank you to our producer, John, in the Underground Studio. A shout-out to our boy, Johnny Perona and Davenport Ed. That's the rock and music you're hearing in the background. Thanks again, and we look forward to the next cocktail with you. Now, is a day bed pretty much a bed where, like, you and your wife will uh, sometimes frequent if you want to do something different? No, I've never frequented outside of this quarantine, but okay. um, it's more of like a like a, a deep couch that has a trundle underneath that you can pull out so you can see two people, but they're not touching. Okay. Well, okay.